In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. When they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. 
And behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. As we gather tonight to celebrate Christmas, the birth of Jesus, we get a glimpse of just how special that moment was through these familiar verses that tell the well-known story of Christmas. A newborn baby sleeping in an animal's food trough. An army of angels turning night into day while praising God. Shepherds hastily abandoning their flocks to visit this newborn baby to see if it was really true. This baby who is our Savior, Christ the Lord. Learned magi traveling for weeks to bring precious gifts and worship this child. A child who is unlike any child who has ever been born, born before or since. This child was born to usher in the fulfillment of God's promises throughout Scripture. Notably, Isaiah 9, but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness on them has light shone. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it, to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. These words of Isaiah were an ancient promise of restoration and hope for a suffering people. A promise that the tide would one day turn. A promise of light and life amidst darkness and despair. That hope would enter this world as a child born to rule an eternal, ever-growing kingdom of peace, justice, and righteousness. Unlike anything the world has experienced since falling into sin. A child would be born. And we are promised 
that his name, which in biblical times described his essential character and nature, would be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. The glorious name and nature prophesied about that baby lying in the manger there in Bethlehem is our focus tonight as we celebrate this eve of Christmas. For indeed, when we celebrate Christmas, what we celebrate tomorrow is not gifts and presents and and food and family as great as those things are. We celebrate that a child was born to us. The Son of God was given to us. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. That's who is in that manger. As you celebrate Christmas, embrace Jesus, the Wonderful Counselor. This name describes the the person who would make the very best and wisest plans. It describes the the wise advisor and brilliant planner whose recommendations offer profound clarity in confusing times. To me, that seems like something we could use right about now. This name speaks to the extraordinary wisdom Jesus grew up to display. Wisdom that so often surprised, delighted, or confounded everyone who heard him speak. Jesus, the wonderful counselor, points towards the incredible teaching and preaching he grew up to do. Sermons that left crowds marveling and responses that silenced his harshest opponents. The earthly ministry of Jesus of Nazareth was filled with Sermons and parables and debates and answers to questions that amaze and uplift on the one hand, stun and silence on the other. Jesus was full of astonishing, extraordinary, perfect wisdom. His words remain wonderful counsel. They are exactly what we all need right now in this dark, dangerous, confusing world. We live in the information age, but unfortunately being flooded with information doesn't mean that we've increased in wisdom. To the contrary, our superabundance of facts, figures, information, disinformation, and knowledge seems to have crowded out our ability to to perceive or receive wisdom. And so it seems we grow more foolish with each passing year. As a new year dawns, I suspect that you, like me, would, would benefit far more from greater wisdom than from greater knowledge. And what I would say is don't look for that wisdom on whatever your generation's preferred social media platform is, right? We have many generations here, right? So we've got the Facebook generation, the Instagram generation, the TikTok generation, and then YouTube that transcends all things. But (laughs) don't get your wisdom there. 
Get your wisdom directly from the wonderful counselor. Even though it's Christmas Eve and we, we spend so much time thinking about and celebrating the, the baby in the manger, please don't leave Jesus in the manger as you head into the new year. He grew up to be that wonderful counselor Isaiah promised. Immerse yourself in his word and wisdom every single day in this year ahead. Make time to read and contemplate the wisdom of Jesus daily. Choose a plan to read the Bible for yourself every day and, and stick to that plan longer than you stick to the rest of your New Year's resolutions. Because the wonderful counselor has come. And his counsel is, is freely available to you and me. We've just got to open it up and read it. And his name shall be called Mighty God. That's who is in that manger. As you celebrate Christmas, worship Jesus, the mighty God of the universe. The reality proclaimed by angels, witnessed by shepherds, and worshipped by wise men is that the, the child who seems so, so small and, and frail while lying in an animal's food trough in Bethlehem was actually Almighty God. You see, this name for the coming Messiah, this wasn't some generic or honorary title of respect. There were many cultures in that area that would, would say a king was a, was a divine being, a god, but not in Israel. That would never happen in Israel. The people of Israel would never call any ordinary baby, no matter, a mighty God, no matter who the parents were. This is a fundamental reality. The child whose birth we celebrate at Christmas was no ordinary baby. He was eternal, almighty God come in the flesh. As John 1 proclaims, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is what happened at Christmas. The eternal word who is Jesus became flesh. Jesus of Nazareth, the baby in the manger, was the eternal son of God, the second person of the triune, three-in-one God of the universe. And he took on a human body and a human nature, though he also remained fully God. Even as Jesus lay sleeping in that manger, his divine nature was holding the universe together. As Colossians 1, 16 and 17 explains, for by him all things were created. That's who was in the manger. In heaven on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Why would mighty God become a, a, a baby? Why would he step into our world out of eternal glory in heaven to take on that human body and nature? To rescue us from our sins. To rescue you and to rescue me. Philippians chapter 2 
verses 6 through 11, explores the wonder of what began at Christmas. Praising Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. But it emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Mighty God came to earth as a baby lying in a manger to live a perfect life without any sin because we can't. Mighty God stepped into our world so that he could die on a cross to pay the penalty for our sins. He came to be the perfect sacrifice needed to pay for all of your sins and all of mine. Because all sin is rebellion against God, and every sin comes with death attached. Jesus grew up to teach perfect wisdom, live perfect holiness, and die as a perfect sacrifice. He was buried in a borrowed tomb, and on the third day, he rose from the dead, victorious over the power of sin and the grip of death. And Jesus shares that victory with everyone who believes in him. That's why mighty God was given to us as a child. If Jesus is your Savior, then mighty God came in the flesh and has already paid the penalty for your sins. You are forgiven and made new in the person, the power, and the presence of Jesus Christ in your heart. So worship Jesus, God the Son, the baby lying in the manger, the man dying on the cross, Almighty God ruling right now this evening in heaven. And his name shall be called Everlasting Father. That's who is in that manger. As you celebrate Christmas, praise Jesus, the Everlasting Father. This third part of the child's name was very similar to a title that was commonly used for kings in the ancient Near East. The king was often called the father of his people because it, it spoke to their authority and responsibility to protect their citizens. As it applies to Jesus, it emphasizes that he is our royal protector, our king who confronts and protects us from spiritual dangers of sin and death and the devil. But Jesus isn't just a protective father. He is everlasting. He is the eternal king and protector of everyone who believes in him. We are adopted into his family when we believe in him, and he protects us from the consequences of our sin. He rescues us from death and delivers us to eternal life. Jesus is the everlasting king of kings and lord of lords. He's also the lamb of God. You know, Bethlehem, where Jesus was born, was the place where Passover lambs were bred to be sacrificed and commemorate God's protection of his people. And it's in Bethlehem that the, the ultimate lamb of God was born to protect us 
from the consequences for our sins. So praise him. Praise Jesus, that baby in the manger who grew up to be our good shepherd, who willingly sacrificed his life to save ours, just as he promised. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And his name shall be called Prince of Peace. That's who is in that manger. As you celebrate Christmas, rest in Jesus, the Prince of Peace. This name describes Jesus' purpose in coming to establish order and, and peace for his people. He was born to create peace between us in our sin and God in his holiness. Jesus was born to die on the cross to end our war against God and reconcile us to our holy creator. 2 Corinthians 5.19 explains, In Christ God was reconciling the world to himself, <clears throat> not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Through his life, death, and resurrection, Jesus has made it possible for us to have peace with God. And he's also made it possible for us to reconcile with others and live as peacemakers in this conflict-torn world. Through his examples, his teaching, and his spirit, we can risk everything to make peace. In our war-torn, violent, hate-filled world, this child was given to us to make peace possible. And let's be clear, apart from Jesus, there will be no lasting peace in this world. Not in Ukraine, not in Israel, not anywhere where violence flares. Even as we celebrate his birth, we rejoice in the knowledge that one day Jesus will return and usher in total, perfect peace across the renewed creation. But I want to tell you that if you are struggling to find peace for your soul tonight, rest in Jesus. He is the Prince of Peace, not just in the future, but right now. Let go of the chaos and the conflicts in your own life. Turn them over to Jesus in prayer. Rest this Christmas Eve in the strong, safe arms of the Prince of Peace. Earlier tonight, we sang, what child is this? What child was born that night? Who is it that we celebrate? The wonderful counselor who came to teach the perfect wisdom we need to navigate our confused, foolish, and deceived world. Mighty God, come in the flesh to rescue us from sin and death. The everlasting Father who died to protect us and provide our spiritual renewal. The Prince of Peace who quiets the storms of our hearts, our minds, our lives, and our relationships, if we will let him. As we celebrate the birth of Christ, remember that he isn't in that manger anymore. He grew up. He lived. He suffered. He died. 
He rose from the dead, and he ascended into heaven. He has been given all authority in heaven and on earth, all of it. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The government of the universe is upon his shoulder. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. This very night, Jesus is reigning over the universe with all authority. And I pray that he will also reign in power and peace and wisdom over your heart and life this Christmas Eve. Merry Christmas. May God bless you and your family in the celebration of the coming of Jesus.